Yo, yo, party people, welcome back to the Look and Listen South End Cinema Podcast. This is the July episode of What I'm Watching. <laughs> you heard those little cheesy applause. I just got a new mixer um, and I'm testing it out. Uh, it's got a microphone which I'll probably replace. It's a little condenser mic that came with it. Um, and it's okay, but I have a better condenser mic. So I, I think I figured out a way that I can um, rig it so that the uh, the better mic actually is the one that I use to record moving forward. But, you know, we'll see how this goes and, and go from there. So I'm going to take a quick pause for the cause, and then uh, we'll get into this. All right, so we're back at it. Um, like I said, this is the uh, the South End Cinema, what I'm watching. And uh, this is for July of 2023. So here are a few things that I've been checking out, uh, watching on TV. And um, also a couple albums. We're going to talk about what I've been listening to as well. So, all right, man. So first up, NBA Summer League. It's all over now, but it was fun to sit down and watch some of the games and to check out some of the, the young players and the guys that are trying to get back into the league and everything. Um, obviously, Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, who was the first pick, was the person that everybody was looking forward to seeing the most. Um, he only played a couple games for the Spurs out in the, in the Vegas league. Um, he looked looked pretty good, you know. In the first game, you know, he wasn't really wasn't really playing as well as most people would have hoped for. You know, it was his very first NBA game. I think he only had like nine points or something like that. And it was crazy to see like the people like talking shit about him, saying that you know, well, he really, maybe he's not really that good and all that kind of stuff. It was like, yo, y'all gotta chill out, man. This man's playing in his first game in the NBA, and you know, all of this is new to him. Um, so we had a little bit of a stinker in game one. But in the second game, he played much better, 27 points. Um, I don't remember what his other numbers were, but, you know, he had some blocks and rebounds. Like, everything looked like, you know, we would have expected it to look with him uh, in game two. So um, it'll be interesting to see how much he kind of settles in and even improves from, you know, that point to, you know, whenever uh, preseason and then, of course, the regular season starts in a few months. So definitely looking forward to seeing, you know, how he plays at that point. And then, you know, going through the grind of, of the normal 82 NBA, 82-game NBA season, um, you know, that'll definitely be something interesting to watch. Uh, a few other people that stood out, of course, Brandon Miller, um, second pick. It was cool to see him kind of settle in a little bit. The Hornets Summer League team was terrible, but, um, you know, he looked pretty solid out there. Um, I'll be having the chance to watch a lot of his games throughout the course of the season because I'm in North Carolina, so the Hornets are the, um, the local team. But I got league pass, so it really wouldn't matter. Like, I'd be able to watch a lot of Victor's games. I mean, a lot of his games would be on national TV, I'm sure, as well. But, you know, when they're playing a Tuesday night game, against the T-Wolves or something, you know, I'll be able to still see that because of League Pass. 
So overall, looking forward to seeing you know those two guys. Another person that I do want to mention is Asar Thompson. Um, he and his brother Amen Thompson were drafted, I think, four and five in the draft this year. Uh, Amen going to Houston, and Asar went to um, the Detroit Pistons, and I think both of those guys are going to be really good. Um, Amen got hurt in his first game, so we really didn't see much of him. But Asar looked pretty good in the games that I saw him play. He didn't play all of Detroit's games, but he played like maybe three or four of them or something like that, and he looked pretty good. I like his game, uh, what I saw of his game. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing you know, what Detroit looks like. They'll be a, a league pass team sure as well so I'll, I'll check them out um next up on the list uh transformers rise of the beast i uh, went and saw that at the, at the theater thought it was pretty good i really enjoyed the fact that um you know it was set in the 90s you know you had a puerto rican male lead and a black female lead um you know it felt like home in a sense you know what i'm saying because of the fact that hip-hop was so much a part of the soundtrack and um i really think that the transformers look a lot better in these last couple movies you know we're outside of the michael bay verse at this point so bumblebee and uh this rise of the beast movie definitely look a lot better in terms of the action and the transformers themselves and everything so i felt like that was a, a pretty good time at the theater um the next thing I want to talk about is also another movie that I saw out at the movie theater, and that's Across the Spider-Verse. Um, again, you know, black and brown people being involved in it was definitely a huge plus. Um, I enjoyed the first movie. I think it was called Into the Spider-Verse, where we first got a chance to get up with uh, Miles Morales at that point. So um, it was good to see you know, how they were able to kind of continue his story, and it really raised the stakes a lot. Um, and it was really dope the way that they were able to mix in so many different types of animation throughout that film. Um, it was really an incredible job. It was a good time. Um, I would definitely recommend that folks go check that out. Um, I would definitely recommend um, Transformers as well. You know, if you haven't, you know, if, they, if I don't know if, if either film is still at the theater or not. Um, if they are, then, you know, if you got time to go check them out, do so. If not, then you can just wait till they hit streaming, and uh, I think you'll enjoy them both. Uh, moving on. The next thing that I want to talk to you guys about is I finally watched the first It Man movie. Um, I started checking out some stuff on Tubi. You know, Tubi is pretty infamous for having a lot of really ratchet, you know, movies and stuff like that which I've scrolled through and I've seen, you know, that they definitely are on there. But I see that they've got a lot of other type of content as well. So I'm going to be interested in checking out some different things over there. Um, and one day I was sitting here and um, I saw that they had the Ip Man movies. What I noticed is that um, on Tubi they have the first one with um, an English dub. And... I saw that Netflix also has the entire series. I want to say there's like four of those movies. I think Netflix has all four of them, um, but they don't have the first one with the dub. And I don't mind subtitles, but 
if I can get a dub, a good dub version of a foreign film, then I like to do that. Um, especially if there's a lot of stuff that you kind of need to pay attention to, you know, whether it be fighting or other action that are happening on the screen. Um, you know, I feel like it's just kind of a little better to be able to, um, you know, see what the folks are doing instead of trying to read the words and follow along. So whenever I can come across a good dub, I like to do so. Um, so I watched the first Ip Man movie. I thought it was pretty good. It was interesting. I didn't realize that it was like based on a true story. Um, so that was interesting once I was reading the stuff at the end of the film. Um, I'm going to switch over to Netflix and watch the other three. I haven't done that yet, but that's my plan. I'm going to go over there and watch the other three and uh, see what Donnie Yen was doing in the rest of these joints. Uh, another film, this was an animated joint. Watched it on HBO Max, or Max as they call it. Um, Batman, The Doom That Came to Gotham. That was another one of the, the really good uh, DC animated joints. You know, we say this all the time. DC does a great job with the animated films, but they don't really do so well with their live action stuff. Um, I think one of the reasons why the animated movies are so good is because it seems like they're like a lot more short and sweet and kind of to the point. Um, you know, they just kind of get right to it. And I think they do a very efficient job of that. So, this was just another one of those joints. You know, I really like the animated movies. Um, so if you haven't seen that, then I would definitely tell you to check that out. Um, next up, The Righteous Gemstones. Um, man, if you've been watching The Gemstones, then you already know. If you haven't seen The Gemstones before, then I would definitely recommend it to you. Um, it's it's a, a show made by Danny McBride. Uh, it's about a family called the Gemstones. They're like an evangelical church family. Uh, the church was originally started by their parents, which was uh, John Goodman, and I don't remember the woman who plays his wife. Um, she's not really a big part of the show because by the time we catch up with them on the show, she's passed away, but they do show her in some flashbacks that have happened over the three seasons. We're in season three now. So you see her in flashbacks. Um, but, you know, Danny McBride is is probably the main character. He's playing Jesse Gemstone. And uh, he's got two siblings, Judy and Kelvin. And uh, it's a crazy ride. Like, if you know Danny McBride shit, then you know it's, it's buck wild. And, of course, he's got Walton Goggins on there playing a character named uh, Uncle Baby Billy. He is, I want to say he's the mom's brother. So he's their uncle on their mother's side. And, of course, he's crazy. He's buck wild. Um, it's a really fun ride. You know, it's, he's got sort of a particular brand of comedy, which I can get, you know, may not be everybody's cup of tea. But if you haven't seen, and I haven't even finished Eastbound and Down myself, but check out Eastbound and Down. Vice Principals was another show that he did with Goggins. That's also on Max. If you haven't seen that, definitely check that out because that show is fucking hilarious. And The Gemstones is fucking hilarious, too. Season three has been everything that you would have wanted um, to this point. I think they only got a couple episodes left, and it's, it's been great. Uh, next up is another show that uh, Walton Goggins is in, and it's called I'm a Virgo. 
and that is on um, Amazon Prime Video, and that's from the mind of Boots Riley, who the old school hip hop heads out there will know from the rap group called The Coup. They were a West Coast group, I want to say, from the Bay Area. And um, he did the movie Sorry to Bother You, which I didn't see that, but it was that was a movie that was out um, a few years ago with uh, Lakeith Stansfield, and um, I believe Danny Glover was in that movie too. So this is um, I'm a Virgo, and it's, uh, it's a, a show about a, a 13-foot-tall 19-year-old kid. He's living in Oakland, you know, because like I said, Boots is from the Bay Area, I believe, Oakland. So, you know, it's an Oakland story. And um, the kid is 13 feet tall. And it's already hard enough or crazy enough being a black man in America when you're a normal size, like six foot two, like I am. This nigga is like seven feet taller than me. So, of course, he sticks out like a sore thumb. But it's really interesting because it's like, you know, you see this kid, he's been sheltered, you know, by his father, who's played by Mike Epps. And I believe this the other woman in there is his aunt. And, um, you know, they've been sheltering him because, you know, he's 13 feet tall and all that kind of stuff. So you kind of see this kid have some, a little bit of naivete and, and awkwardness when it comes to being around other people, especially when he's around um, other young men and women that are his own age. Um, but... You know, it's interesting to see, like, how he kind of takes on the world. Uh, and Goggins is in there, and he's playing um, a guy that's, uh, I believe his character is called the Hero, and it's supposed to be like a superhero. Um, he has a, a, a comic book, like a company, a comics company, I think, that he runs. And in one of the comics, there's a character that's based on himself. and He actually plays the character in real life. And so there's a point where, you know, they end up crossing each other's paths and, you know, madness ensues for a while. Um, Denzel Washington's daughter, I believe her name is Olivia. Don't quote me on that, but Denzel's daughter is also in there. Um, if you watch the show or if you saw it, she's the young lady that ends up playing um, Cootie's girlfriend. You know what I mean? She works at, um, at this burger spot that he likes. And, you know, she's got a superpower of being, like, really fast. So she's almost like the Flash or something in the sense that, you know, she can move very quickly. Um, so it was it was definitely an interesting show. Um, I think I enjoyed it, but it was definitely weird. It's like, for those of you who, who partake in herbal essence, I would say that it's probably a show that, you know, would, would be really interesting to watch if you were high. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause I feel like Boots Dog was probably high when he when he wrote this shit. You know what I mean? So if you get high, then it'll probably make sense to you when you watch it. But it was definitely an interesting ride. And I don't know if they're going to do a second season, but if they did, then I, I would check it out, you know, just to see what they did with, you know, trying to continue the story. So, you know, I'm a Virgo. You can find that on uh, Amazon Prime Video if you are interested. Um, the last of the TV stuff that I want to talk about before we get into a little bit of music is um, Secret Invasion, and that was on um, Disney Plus. And man, I mean, there's a lot that I can say about this shit, but I'm gonna just say that Secret Invasion was not good. 
Um, there were some great performances at times. You know, when you've got Samuel L. Jackson, when you've got Don Cheadle, Amelia Clark, uh, people like that, then their talent level is so high that they can bring the most out of um, whatever they've been given in terms of material. The problem is that they weren't given a lot on this show. Um, and so them and some of the other actors, uh, I forget the brother's name, but the the guy that plays a character called Gravik, um, he's a young up-and-coming actor. Um, I believe he's in the Barbie movie. I believe he's the, the cat that's going to be playing um, Bob Marley in the Bob Marley joint that's coming out soon. He did a good job, but the material just, it wasn't up to par. It wasn't where you would expect it to be. You know, when you, when you have a show that stars Sam Jackson and is based on Nick Fury, um, the stakes never really felt as high as they should have been. And I think a lot of things that they should have shown us were, were told to us instead of, you know, being presented in front of us in a visual sense. So it just really fell flat. Um, so if you have any interest in watching Secret Invasion, I'm not here to discourage you from that. All I'll say is that um, if you do want to check it out, you may want to lower your expectations if they're still high. I don't know how they would be um, based on, like, unless you're not really plugged into what people are saying on the Internet about the show. Um, but I would imagine that most people's opinion of the show isn't very good. So if, if despite that you're still interested in checking it out, then by all means go ahead and do that. But um, I feel like it's really something you probably could skip. You know what I mean? I, I don't think that anything really significant is going to happen from this point on based on this show. I think, I think a show that's based on Sam's character should have been probably the biggest thing that they've done with their TV show. You know what I'm saying? Because he's probably the biggest character that they've given a show to. You know, we had Clint, you know, in Hawkeye. He is an Avenger, but he's like the last Avenger that people think of. Um, nobody knew who the fuck Moon Knight was. No disrespect to the character, but we hadn't seen him in the MCU prior to the show. So there was no buzz about that. Um, same thing with She-Hulk. I know She-Hulk is and was a thing before the TV show, but she hadn't been in any of the stuff before that. Loki probably is the only character that we saw in the movies that got his own show. And his show was probably the best one that we saw in terms of, you know, what the show actually brought you and how that helps you understand his character better. So now when you see him in future movies or whatever, then you've got to thing there that, that, you know, an enhanced experience with him because you saw the TV show. But I really don't think that anything that significant happened in um, Secret Invasion. And the biggest things that did happen in that shit was like, they did so such a poor job of presenting it to you. It was like, you know, it wasn't really worth it. You know what I mean? So Secret Invasion wasn't really that good. If I were to give it a grade, I'd probably give it like a, I don't know, like a C minus, <laughs> excuse me, like a fucking C minus or something. Um, 
Yeah, it wasn't really, wasn't really all that. wasn't the worst thing that I've seen, but it feels like a show like that could and should have been way better than it actually was. You know what I mean? So that's all. That's that on that. A uh, couple things music wise, and then we'll get out of here. Um, two new albums that I heard in the last couple weeks: Black Milk has a new joint called Everybody Good. I only heard it one time all the way through. I got to, you know, get back onto it. But I enjoyed it. Um, if y'all haven't heard of Black Milk, you got to check him out. He's a producer and a rapper from Detroit. And um, he's mad talented, man. Very talented dude. And low-key, he's got a really great discography. So if you look him up on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever other, um, you know, music uh, app that you have that you fuck with, Look him up, Black Milk, and just go through his discography. You know what I'm saying? Um, some of the highlights are um, Tronic, uh, Album of the Year. Um, let me let me pull them up real quick. There's, there's a couple others that I think are really good. Bear with me for one second, everybody. Live podcasting. Um, yeah, Tronic Album of the Year, Black and Brown. I think that's the joint with him and Danny Brown. That's a good one. Um, if There's a Hell Below, that's a good one. That one came out in 2014. Um, Fever, 2018. And yeah, this one, every everybody good. And there's some other ones, you know, he's got a few more albums. Um, I think, according to Spotify, his first one dropped in uh, 2005. It's called Sound of the City. So his career has spanned for at least that long, from that point until now. So yeah, check out Black Milk, Everybody Good. And like I said, get into his discography. He's produced a lot of shit. He's rapped on a lot of shit. Um, so it's definitely, he's definitely one of my favorite um, artists out there. And I'm glad to see him back with some new material. Um, and like I said, just off that first listen, you know, it was a, another banger. But at this point, like, he's one of those people that when I hear he's got a project coming out, I'm already know, I already know that I'm going to listen to it and that I'm going to like it. You know, it may not. I, the question is, where will I put it in terms of his other stuff? Like if I'm, you know, he's an artist that I think is at a stage where you really can just, you know, compare him to himself. You know what I mean? So shout out to Black Milk. Shout out to Detroit. And um, yeah, man, check out Everybody Good. And then last but definitely not, not least, my main man, the GOAT. QB's finest. Of course, NAS are the letters that spell. My man Nas is back with Magic Part 2. He and Hit Boy have dropped another banger on us. This is their fifth album together. It's their fifth championship. Five in a row, bitches. My nigga Nas did it again, man. He's almost 50 years old, and he's still producing heat. 
And these last couple of years have been tremendous for him. You know what I'm saying? I mean, in my opinion, he's already got, he was already an artist that never had to make another new piece of music, right? Like he's in that level. He's in that GOAT conversation. You can have your opinion about who you think is number one, two, three, five, whatever. But he's up there. He's up there on everybody's list. So he didn't have to do anything else to to have that be where he's placed in history forever. But these last couple years, um, starting off with King's Disease and going all the way through King's Disease 2 and 3, and then now Magic 1 and now 2, He's on an incredible ride at almost 50 years old. And as a Nas fan, I definitely am loving what's going on with him. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I fuck with a lot of people. Obviously, you know, his biggest rival or the person that everybody wants to always compare him to is, of course, Jay-Z. I love Jay-Z. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm a fan of his, always have been, always will be. But, you know, they had their battle. Of course, I think Nas won. You know what I'm saying? Ether was, Ether has become a term. It's a word. It's a verb. You talk about people getting ethered when when somebody really goes in on them and shit like that. You know what I mean? So you already know what it is with that. But I love Jay. Um, and if he ever decided that he wanted to do some more music, it would be cool to see him have this type of run. Um and I think it's great for hip hop in general because, you know, we're turning 50 years old this year. You know what I'm saying? So our music and our culture and our lifestyle of hip hop is only 50 years old. I'm 43 myself. So hip hop itself is only seven years older than me. So for us to be at a point now where we're finally starting to see our um, legendary artists go into their 50s and even some into their 60s and so on. It's great to see hip-hop aging as well as it is and that we're starting to consider the fact that you don't have to end your career as a rapper um, at 30 years old. You know what I'm saying? Like, There's not a finite amount of time that you have to put on to it. It's always something that's going to live within you and it's always going to be a part of who you are. So you might as well just stick with it and continue to find ways to have second and third chapters of your career in hip hop if you want to do so. Um, so I think it's great for the culture and for all of us to see older artists do their thing at such a high level. And then for it to be my man that's doing it, then that makes it even a hundred times better. You know what I'm saying? Cause I could talk my shit, you know what I'm saying? I could talk my nah shit all day, every day. You know what I mean? So, um, but all that aside, the project, excuse me, the project itself is another high-quality project. Nas and Hit Boy have found some great chemistry with one another. And it's really cool to see because Hit Boy is a younger producer. I think he's like maybe in his 30s or something like that. But there's a gap between, you know, his age and Nas's age or whatever. He didn't necessarily grow up listening to Nas. You know, matter of fact, when, when his first album came out, I think it was 94, I was 14. So it's not like, you know, I was a little, little kid when I first heard him, but I was a teenager and I've been rocking with him from 14 now to 43. You know what I'm saying? A cat like Hit, his parents probably were more so on that or whatever. 
um, than he is. But obviously, he knows who he is now and all that kind of stuff. And he seems to be one of those young cats that really has an appreciation for the older cats, you know, that came before him as far as producers, rappers, and all of that. So for them to have the age difference that they have, but to be able to find common ground with this music is really dope. Um, and like I said, it's just one of those things that it's great to see for the overall culture of it and for what it means to, to us as hip-hop fans. But, you know what I'm saying, for him to be able to do it and for him to be my favorite cat, you know what I mean, that just makes it even better. So if you haven't heard Magic 2, then go check that out. Check out the other projects, like I said, King's Disease 1, 2, and 3, and now Magic 1 and 2. Those are the ones that he's done with Hit Boy. Um, I think starting in 20, either 2020 or 2021. So it's been just the last couple of years that they've been doing that thing. Check those out. And then, of course, he's got an entire discography. And as I was going to say earlier, which includes, in my opinion, the greatest hip-hop album of all time, which is Illmatic. You know what I mean? He came out the gate with that shit. You know what I'm saying? First ever project. He had all of the best producers in the game working with him. And at probably like 18 or 19 years old, when he recorded it, the man created the greatest hip-hop album that ever was. So that's how he started in the game. And for him to be doing this now, it actually makes perfect sense when you think about it. So check out Magic 2. That's it for this episode. Um, still working on the questions for the um, the one-on-one episode, but I'm getting close to the end. You know, I just want to, I think I told y'all before, I'm having a um, conversation about sobriety um, and overcoming addiction. And I've got one guest who is um, currently, uh, I guess you would say, a recovering addict, a person who, is a former alcoholic who now has been sober for a long time. And the second guest is a therapist, a person who works with people who are recovering from such addiction. So the way that I've constructed this um, is sort of a, a three-person weed, you know, where I'm asking them questions about you know, his experience of, you know, going through the process, her experience being a person that um, is helping people through that process. Um, and all of that. So we're getting close to the end of the questions. I sent them the um, the questions as I had them uh, at that point, maybe a week or two ago, just to show them like, okay, I'm working on it. This is where I'm at right now. I'm getting a little closer to the finish line. So um, hopefully I'll be able to wrap that up soon, really, really soon. And then um, we'll go ahead and get it booked and recorded. And by then... I also hope to have my um, microphone stuff straightened out. We'll see how this episode sounds. Hopefully it sounds good. Um, if not, then forgive me. You know what I'm saying? This mic ain't really the best, but it came with the little um, the little, uh, mixer joint. So I wanted to give it a shot. But um, if all else fails, then I'll just go back to the snowball mic, which is a, you know old faithful. But I think I can hook up this other condenser mic to um, this little joint. Hopefully that'll make things sound a lot better. So again, if, if the quality of the sound on this one ain't the greatest, then, you know, forgive me. You know, hopefully we'll get it back to, you know, where it should be. 
But um, that's it, man. Um, <clears throat> check out all the stuff that I mentioned. You know, feel free to holler at me on Twitter. Um, if you have any thoughts or opinions on, you know, the stuff that I said, um, you can find me on there at L Brothers Media, at Look Listen Pod, and um, at South End Cinema. And um, until next month, I holler back at y'all with another one of these what I'm watching joints. And in between now and then, we'll get that one-on-one out to you. And then, um, you know, we'll start working on the next one. All right, Joe, I'm out. Peace.